You are listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. Yet another awesome podcast set up and ready to go for you all, Samsonites. (laughs) Again with the Samsonites. It's a Samsonite. Samsonites. We're not Son of Sam here. I know. But that is kind of where we got the idea for Samsonites. Which will be a very soon episode coming from me. What? Yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. So we have some pretty cool stuff lined up for you guys tonight, but before we get into all of that excitement, we do want to announce our spirit of the evening. I know my lover's super excited. We are enjoying a couple of Moscow mules, but the tequila that I told you guys about in possibly our first or maybe second episode that I got to try like a freaking amazingly expensive awesome version of this bottle i found a more realistic like better priced version of the same (laughs) brand tequila it is the i want to say it's classe azul it's c-l-a-s-e azul reposado reposito reposado however you pronounce that you you must drink a lot of tequila oh man (laughs) i I do like tequila but I, i also don't speak spanish So, this stuff comes in a gorgeous porcelain bottle that we will be posting a picture of. I think I already did once on our Facebook. And can I just say that I said that when we drink it, I want to turn it into a vase? Yes. And And you did what? I said no. I didn't laugh at you. I said no. I'm going to like store these up on a shelf with no flowers in them. Well. And just love them. What was on the label? Yeah, they actually gave you directions on how to turn it into a vase, which basically is... (laughs) Remove lid. Remove the label, take the lid off, and put a flower in it. But we're about to try this together right now for the first time. Not counting the $10,000 version of this tequila that I drank. Yeah, he he tried the the top shelf version of it. Which I, I don't know if it can possibly live up to that version of it, but at the same time... I'm glad that I got to try that because that's what made me buy this bottle. And I am very excited to try it. I'm actually trying it first. Oops, sorry. Bumped the uh, mic there. I'm trying it first room temperature because it really brings out the flavor. And then I also have a nice uh, rocks glass with an ice ball. An ice ball. Ready? But yeah, you guys get to hear. We are about to try just straight, amazing, awesome tequila. And we'll, we'll give you our honest feedback. So here we go. Oh, yeah. Smooth. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, there, there is vanilla in it. It really like so I was so blown away by the fact that it tasted very like vanilla esque when I had it for the first time. I was like, that does not taste like traditional tequila. 
and it has that in this. I like I was so blown away because I didn't think you could really get a true value out of a ten thousand dollar bottle of tequila. And then when I had that, it was so different than anything I'd ever tried before. I was then convinced that $10,000 tequila really is worth $10,000. But I will say, I've never tried $10,000 tequila. However, this is the smoothest tequila I have ever had in my life. So what I was about to say was that tequila, while amazing a lot of the like first impression excitement i got from that tequila was because this brand of tequila is just really good this is just to kind of throw it out it's a hundred dollar bottle porcelain bottle it's a gorgeous bottle same brand tastes amazing i'll tell you this when you sip it you don't have the like that burn at, at all. all at all like it not existent it doesn't seem like it's alcohol there's it tastes like tequila but it has a smooth vanilla finish i'm no longer jealous that i will not be able to afford purchasing a ten thousand dollar bottle of tequila for quite some time but at this point i'm like no it, even if i had ungodly amounts of money if that was a five hundred dollar bottle of tequila Versus a hundred dollar bottle of tequila, I'd be like, yeah, no, I, I taste the difference. But if I can get this good of a flavor for a hundred dollars, versus I think it was like ninety two hundred or eighty seven hundred or something like that. Like I rounded up, but no way. Like this is extraordinarily good. Like it is not some eight thousand dollars worth cheaper than what what i had this is amazing well, i love it i no longer feel horribly jealous that you got to experience that tequila i mean i am still a little yeah jealous. no it, it is fun to say like yeah i had a glass of ten thousand dollar tequila but tequila. no i this i'm tequila, glad that though, i discovered this because of that glass but this is amazing it it's oh, i could sip on this all day and in all honesty i i'm gonna try it with the ice ball but do you want to try mine with yeah room temperature is extraordinary like i don't even know if i want it to be chilled it's good it is so i want you to try room temperature because it is good and it's like a different flavor almost both that's like even more smooth with the ice ball all right so the flavor is stronger less the chill right it brings out more of the flavor but it is so smooth on ice. Yeah. Right. It's so smooth on ice, but there's more flavor in it. I, I don't even know. You guys, this is amazing tequila. Like, sponsor legitimately. Us. <laughs> yeah. If we ever get a sponsor in our lifetimes, I want it to be this tequila. This is extraordinary we'll learn tequila. how to pronounce it. And then. Well, they'll they tell don't. me. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, C-L-A-S-E. Class A or Clase. I don't think it's clay, so I went with classe because it sounds fancier and more Hispanic or Spanish, if you will. And then azul, I know that that's correct. Azul, blue. Azul. Well, I'm I'm Americanizing it, but azul, azul. And then reposado, I I assume R E P O S A D O. This is the most time we've ever spent talking about the liquor that we're drinking, but but it is fantastic, and it's probably the most expensive liquor that we've drank. It is definitely <laughs> on the show for sure. In general, no, but yeah, it is, it is really good tequila. Like this is the only tequila I will buy forever. 
All right, I'm, well, I'm down with that. I, I, unless we're making like margaritas, and then I'll just buy some. No, it's like, not worth it to blend it. I would not mix this with a margarita. That would be no, a, yeah, this is a although actually now I kind of want to try that because <laughs> it would be amazing. But only only if we get the what what's the sidecar? Oh, why would you? I, I'm so bad with names, but I know. But we'd have to do this. I wouldn't want to mix that with that. No, that with, would take away this with Contreo. Yeah, we need of like triple a sec. hundred dollar bottle of Contreo or whatever. I mean, Contreo isn't cheap. All right, good. Well, either way, I don't even want to mix this with <laughs> mix, but I, right, I want to so try like one. You don't one, want to have a margarita. But either way, I love this tequila. Sorry. All right, so moving on. All right. Hot topics. Hot topics. Oh, well, uh, really quick, I did have something I wanted to bring to the episode before we got into the actual topics. I just saw this thing on Facebook and I got pretty excited about it. It's called The Blob and it's going to be an exhibit in the Paris Zoo. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> the Blob? I've seen this movie. Right. And that is actually why they named it this. But it is a. Well, it looks like a fungus, but it moves like an animal. It has no brain, but it can learn to navigate complex mazes. It has no mouth, but it consumes food. And two or more, like, blobs. versions of this blob, whatever you want, entities, I don't know. They can merge together, forming one entity and learning what the other version of itself learned so like one blob like they come into each other and then they like know how to navigate a maze it's crazy check it out we're gonna post it on the facebook group and the page we'll probably throw it on instagram twitter whatever but like legitimately this thing is crazy cool they have some fast motion versions of it growing so is it like does it happen in a slow process so i know they yeah it's kind of slow like from our perspective but from a mold slime perspective it is lightning speed and i forget how many centimeters it moves per minute or whatever but it's a very fast moving slime well nobody give it red bull because i'm pretty sure then it'll just take over we should try that like i'm one of those guys that (laughs) i've probably said this on the show before but if i had a button that was like push this and you'll create a black hole but the side effect is you might destroy all of humanity i'd be like what i can create a black hole like curiosity ah, killed the cat honey satisfaction brought it back honey Uh, yeah 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 so yeah very excited about this i got a couple more topics i was gonna bring up but i will save them for the next episode because we talked like forever about tequila yeah we did so i know you got a topic that you wanted to bring up before we got into the show Yes. A little I less exciting. Did. It but, is a little yeah. less exciting. Um, the same town that we had talked about before. Plano, Illinois. Plano, Illinois. They had the tractor accident that was crazy before. Horrifying. And a little, there an update on that? I was going to say, like, a little update on that, actually. The driver of the car that hit got um, failure to reduce speed to avoid an accident ticket. Which I personally hate that ticket because I got that when I clearly slammed on the brakes, had tire tracks leading up. Oh, no, I got threatened to get it. I didn't technically get it. But yeah, I'm like, no, that's not what I didn't. Technically, it's true because we got in an accident, but I tried. So that's a stupid ticket. But anyway, how are they? Carry on (laughs) But the part that actually gets me frustrated is the fact that they charge the tractor driver 
for using farm equipment on a roadway for non-farm reasons. Which again, we use or we do like hayride stuff on the regular out in these small towns. I mean, it's the Midwest. That's what we do at fall time. Right. (laughs) And you're probably supposed to get some sort of permit, which he probably did not follow through and get the permit. But uh, it's like such red tape bureaucracy. They just had to give it. Well, nowadays, normally in an accident, it's. A 50-50 ticket. Well, no, that's if- the insurance company, though. They, like, try to figure out fault. And there's always some fault on even the person that gets hit unless they're parked. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if you get hit from behind, they'll be like, well, you could have sped up. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy to me. I just hope that it doesn't, you know... Um, no, it's probably going to ruin the... Interpret- We're not going to yeah, be able to have say, hay rides out in these small little is, towns. This is my biggest concern, is that this is going to convert into no longer having hay rides, which is a staple of fall. So out in these little towns, there's this little, like, off-the-beaten-path forest preserve, and you can go there and go down this huge sled hill. And I, I mean, for kids, it is gigantic, way bigger than what I went to as a kid. And they have floodlights on all night long for the kids so they can go past dark and go down this hill. They don't close the forest preserve as soon as the sun goes down. They have a, like, shit, no, not shed, like a little lodge cabin. Yeah, like a cabin. You can hang out in there as parents, and they have a freaking, like, potbelly stove fireplace inside there. You just build the fire. You just make the fire, and you go... I mean, we've lived in Aurora, and it was nothing like that could exist. Oswego, done. No way. Chicago, no way would they have anything like this. These smaller towns are still like, let's let people have fun, and they slowly just chip away at anything fun you can possibly do in the state of Illinois. And I'm so surprised that we still have some of the stuff that we do, and then things like this happen, and it's like, yeah, nope, now it's a... Countdown till it's yeah. gone. And which I tapped is my watch, but you couldn't see me. And but, I don't even have a this, watch on. So that was an update on last week's topic. And now we got another but less this than awesome same, thing. The same town, which is a very small, sleepy town, had a car accident, a single car accident. And the the car was found. The car accidents happen, yeah, like you know. It was found up against a tree, and and nobody really thought much of it when it was reported, except for they didn't release the people in the car. They didn't release any information besides the fact that a, there was a single car accident, which was really bizarre. Well, they just updated it, and they announced that an ongoing homicide investigation was happening because. When they arrived at the scene, the driver had shot the passenger in the head, then shot himself, and then the car crashed itself into a tree. Unfreaking believable. Like, that's not something you see out in these small towns all that often. Not at all, yeah. So, um, you know. I think that might be the first. I've, I've, I've ever heard since since we've been out in like the further Midwest Midwest area there there has never been anything this extensive I guess in the area so to hear about a little small town not too far 
from where we are have all of this going in is just absolutely crazy. Quite. But on that note, I suppose I'll jump into this week's topics unless... So excited! Do you have anything else? No, no. I can't wait to hear your topic. All right. Well, I decided that since the death of Ivan Malat is inevitable, either by the time you hear this episode or shortly after, I would cover his horrendous life. Who is Ivan Malat? I don't know that I know this story. So Ivan Malat is... Oh, Ivan Malat. Yes. <laughs> Ivan Malat. Who is this guy? He's uh, actually known as the most prolific serial killer of Australia. Sounds fancy. And I love Australia. It is on my top, like, I don't know, five places, one hand that I want to go to before I die. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Australia? People who want to live, which I do want to live. Don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> but, like some people want to jump out of planes. Some people want to do create like I want to go to Australia, despite the fact that everything there, including apparently this dude, this dude, but I is mean, out to kill you. I mean, he he's in prison. So, all right. Well, <laughs> he's known as the backpacker murderer. Like I said before, he is very sick. And he may pass away before. Like ill? Like he's physically ill or he like has, sick and twisted? No. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> Both? Both. All right. Uh, but he has esophageal cancer and... Uh, what? Esophagus? Like in your yes. throat? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that well. and stomach cancer. Yeah. He's not going to live. And... I, now, ho- hopefully none of the listeners have anybody with that. Like, this guy's evil. Well, no. But he is but, to the point where... That sounds He is bad. in so much pain and he's can't eat. He can't do anything. He's been transferred to a maximum security facility for people who basically like need to be put on hospice because pain meds just aren't cutting it anymore. But they kill people? No, they don't kill people. No, no, I'm saying... Oh, so he's just in a regular place. But... <laughs> where he's being I thought you kept. meant like it was for criminal. It is. So he's being... He's <laughs> That's being, what I was saying. Yes. <laughs> well, you said he they kill people. Not them. I meant like the people uh, who go there and have like done <laughs> horrible crimes. Yes. He's in a room that's a hospital room, but it's like I think a foot and a half thick cinder block walls. They don't kill people. They just help you die more yes. peacefully. Which... Yes. Do they really deserve? That's a whole other topic. Yeah, I was going to say, I really hope that none of his painkillers are strong enough. Oh, you're just going to go there? Yeah. You think he should suffer? I'm sorry. I know what he did, and he's he's an asshole. What do you guys think? Do horrible people who commit horrible, horrible, horrendous crimes deserve to suffer, or are they still human and deserve our sympathy empathy i mean he is still receiving all of the rights that everybody is but should he be i mean yes only because all of the doctors take a do not harm hippocratic oath oath. yeah but do they deserve that not by the doctor's standards but like your personal opinion i want to hear i personally wouldn't be mad if they accidentally forgot to give him a so we know your belief on this (laughs) i'm curious like if Hitler, you know, after all the horrendous crimes he committed and horrible things he did, was still alive and dying of some horrible disease and in horrible, horrible pain, 
would you personally give him painkillers, try to make his passing on more peaceful? Or would you just watch him suffer or allow him to suffer and not watch? I am curious. I, I want to know. I'm not going to say my personal opinion I, on this yet. I We've heard hers. But I wanna, I'm going to post this on our group, uh, Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries like group. We can do like a poll. Yeah, we'll do a poll and I like comment on it too. We want to hear your feedback. On that note, let me give you some background on why I feel so passionately about him not receiving the painkillers that he feels he so rightfully deserves. Does he feel that way? He deserves them? Oh, yes, because he's, uh, by de- definition, a narcissist and still to this day, Jay says that he did not do these things. Oh, wait, he still denies them? He lives in prison. I can't wait to hear what he did. because Seven life sentences without a chance of parole with also, I, I want to say another like 70 years on top of seven life sentences. I'm guessing they have some good evidence to tie him to these yeah. things, but <laughs> I can't wait to hear why he still says he's innocent. <laughs> Because he's a fucking narcissist. That's why he says he doesn't well, do the it. Narcissism doesn't make you think you're innocent. It makes you think the things no, you did were he, like no, rightfully done. He's a narcissist in the fact that he wants to be in control. And this is the last bit of control he has. Because when he says, yes, I did these things. Wait, he, he says he did them? No. Oh. <laughs> well, no. Just tell us the story. I got to hear it. What the heck? I'm so confused. I'm saying... If he admits to doing them, he no longer has any control. He has no longer any hope of getting out of his situation. Well, for the record, we've talked about, or uh, there have been serial killers that have been discussed on other shows. Morbid, for example. We love those guys. girls. They are amazing. But uh, that use the fact they committed the crimes right, to, keep, to keep themselves going. alive, keep themselves, you know, like no, that keeps he, control going. So. He is using the control of the fact that if he says, yes, I did it. Then he loses control. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna All hold right. my tongue. I want to hear what there the heck this guy did. Let's jump right in, okay? So I'm going to start this story kind of at the end because it's hard to tell this story because I want to tell it chronologically. However, his last victims were found first. So then wait, tell you. both are chronological, right? Like, are you going chronologically based on when they died or based on when they were found? chronologically on how they died okay but i'm going to start with the the last people who died really quick to tell you how the investigation was started all right i think i'm following i still lost i hope (laughs) listeners follow so i'm going to they've probably had less tequila so yeah you know so i'm going to start the story i have i'm going to start the story at the end and this is saturday september 19th 2002 when two runners were running through the Australian Belango Forest. And as they were running, they stumbled on the body of Joanne Walters. Her body was found covered in brush and in a shallow grave. Not far away from this was the body of Carolyn England, who she had been traveling with across the Australian outback. Now, In the late 80s, backpacking in Australia was the thing to do. They were known for being incredibly safe. Their crime rate was low. They had just been awarded 
The Wait, Australia was known as being incredibly safe? Yes. I said I would hold my tongue, but that <laughs> is like the most dangerous place on the earth. Everything that lives, breathes, and like consumes food is literally capable of killing you. Crime-wise. All right. Not, we're not talking about spiders and gators. Snakes, and spiders, yeah. gators, freaking We're not talking centipedes. about that. Everything in the water, air, I don't know, like, that is, like, not at all what I consider to be safe. But, yeah, sorry. I th- crime rates are low. Crime rates. Probably because criminals are smarter than the average Joe and, and, and leave. You're smarter <laughs> than the average bear. They're like, I'm going to go commit crimes <laughs> in not Australia because I don't want to die. I want to kill people. I mean, fair enough. But, no, they, they were known for being a, a super safe, air, like, continent. So... The crime, crime rate, wise. yeah, crime wise, not spider wise or whatever, and so everybody fled there in the eighties, and they were backpacking across the eastern edge of Australia because it had everything that like an adventurer or a tourist would want like, to yeah, see. Yeah, screw the crime rates. I would go there despite the crime rates, just because like it's gorgeous. Well, that's a great what they place went to backpack. there for. Yeah. Yes, so we have we have. The surf, the beach. We've got they have cities. Beaches? Oh well, I yeah, guess, duh, they're, yeah, they're known around, yeah. for their their surfing and their Aussies. Really, I've yes. never thought of Australia as being like a place to go surf. But yeah, they are surrounded by water, so that would make sense. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Oh, so so that's crazy. surf Aussies, like they're like. What big, are Aussies? You keep saying Aussies. Aussies are like um, Australians who are like our California beach what? people. That's a thing. I always thought Aussies were like, we're the outback and we hunt alligators no. and stab snakes in the head. If you're an Aussie, that means like you're on the beach all day and you're what? surfing. What? Bl- my mind is literally blown. <laughs> Forget your topic. This is crazy in and of itself. All right. What? This whole episode is just on Aussies today. We're just going to Google this and just freestyle it on Aussie. That's, what? I'm sorry. I'm going to look that up later. Carry on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but they also have the city nightlife with like clubs and craziness going on, like uh, Sydney, Australia, which what was one the of heck? it was known for uh, its nightlife and its its city life. What? And then they also have the um, the forest and the the preserved forest life. That doesn't surprise me. Right. The freaking nightlife in the California beaches that. I mean, it's Australian nightlife, not Californian. What is Australian nightlife? Like, like we're gonna hang out at the club and carry alligators around while taking shots. Oh my lord! Forget about body shots. We're doing shots off alligators' bellies. That'll be awesome. If we have any listeners in Australia, we have one. (laughs) Please tell me if you've ever done a shot off. Please tell me you have. Even if you haven't, lie to me and tell me you have. I want to believe that's a thing. Well, they so, put the shot glass in the alligator's mouth, like on his tongue, and then they're like, put their head in there, take the shot. If they live, they oh, win. Lord. They just have to not touch their teeth. No, no. The, you know, the sweat dripping on their tongue will snap their mouth shut. No, yeah, you can touch I've their I've watched teeth. a lot of Crocodile Hunter. Yeah, me too. You said you can touch their teeth or you can't? You... I don't think you can touch anything inside their mouth. No, as long as... That's how people put their heads inside of it. You can't touch any of their teeth or, or their, their tongue. tongue. You're thinking of the, the little game you play where you pull the alligator's teeth out and then it slams shut? No. No, because... <laughs> don't pull the wrong Because thing. there's a... um, 
what is it called when when uh, animals have a cohabitated lifestyle? Nothing. No. Um, We're like hi, you're talking about they like both the, benefit off the of each fish, other. like eat off the shark, but then the shark doesn't eat the fish because right. they. Right, yeah, it's I the same thing called, with the yeah. alligators. They sit with their mouths open, and then these little birds eat. Oh yeah, off of their the teeth, teeth yeah. but they don't eat the birds because the birds keep their mouths. So they can touch their teeth. They just can't touch their tongue. Yeah. Or they just know not to snap the freaking bird's heads off. But yeah, carry on. <laughs> I wish I could remember what that word is. I'll but look anyways, it up. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep my tongue <laughs> mouth quiet for two it's seconds. Like, I don't know. I used to know the word very well. But anyways, so we're talking about the 80s and um, backpackers were flooding Australia because it was safe Everybody went there because it had a range of awesome lifestyles. Everything was great. So Australia accommodated by building hostels all over the place and making... That's why their crime rate went down. Are you kidding me? I totally forgot I was looking that thing up because you distracted me. Yeah, no, that, there's your problem. I've seen the movie Hostel. That's, that's just how you get crime. Hostels. That's how you die. I mean, that was a horror movie, which... I really based on true events i assume i watch every horror movie out there hostile i only made it through like 20 minutes and i was like nope yeah yeah I, understandably it's not the greatest horror type stuff it's not even horror it's like, it's a lot like of rape make and... you uncomfortable if you're a woman quite it was not all the more reason why their crime rates went up because it, whether it's a movie or not i can't imagine hostels well, being the safest place to stay as a single female by i've been a lot had nothing to do with hostels so we're good a lot of them chose to hitchhike throughout their process because it was cheap to do and you got to meet actual australians which is pretty exciting yeah for sure. I want to meet an actual right? Australian. I want to meet our listener. Who are you? Announce yourself. <laughs> Make yourself known. Well, Ivan Malat used this to his advantage because he lived and worked by the Blango bush forest. And he had lots of experience with guns. He had an off-road 4x4 truck. He had a very good personality and for the way that he grew up in a very, what we as Americans would call hillbilly family. The kids love hillbillies. Uh, hilly billies. Hilly billies. <laughs> but for growing up in a very hillybilly type of family, he was very concerned about his looks and always made sure that he looked clean and presentable. I mean, that's what they say say but man he looked like a creeper with his mustache i have not seen this guy i want to see what he looks like <laughs> yeah so he looked like a creeper with his mustache but you didn't live in the 80s i mean that's true i mean i lived in and the 80s what about police officers they all have mustaches don't they well first off i lived in the 80s i was alive no no alive but you didn't like <laughs> that wasn't your your teen years I, I were not in the I 80s. I wasn't looking for a man in the 80s. We'll put it that way. No, he had a creeper stash. You go ahead and Google that. So, Oh, no. <laughs> this is a sexy, sexy man specimen with a Fu Man shoe. That is not a mustache. That is a Fu Man shoe. Yeah. 
I don't know what you're talking about. That is just pure sexiness right there. That picture is definitely going on our His mugshot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, if I was a gay man and interested in people who murder people and do horrible things, this would be my type right there. That is a beautiful man specimen. Um, Look at those brows. Those brows are, as are the kids they, would say, on fleek. How are his eyebrows so much thicker at the outside <laughs> than impressive. at the start? Because I've never seen He's got seen like upside down before. Nike symbols for yeah, he does. <laughs> Sorry, Nike. <laughs> they will never sponsor us now. <laughs> I just want to put the Nike symbols on his... <laughs> Upside down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's a beautiful man specimen. Definitely not a creeper. He's a creeper. Unless you're a female and don't want to get raped and killed. Yeah. Well. Then probably a creeper style. He's totally... Oh. Not because of his mustache, though. For the record, the mustache is innocent in this creeper behavior and physical appearance. He looks like a creeper outside of the mustache. He does look like a creeper all around. However, in the 80s, apparently he did not look like a creeper to all of... Yeah, they loved them mustaches, man. Uh, they to were all just of like, the people who were his victims. You want to go for a mustache ride? Oh, my Lord. I love that movie. That was not the accent from the movie, but that was a reference to Reno 911. <laughs> Reno 911? No, I'm sorry. Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Both are excellent cop shows slash movies, but yeah. Like I was saying, he had all of these things that mixed with the rage of hitchhiking and backpacking across eastern Australia in the 80s sadly made a perfect storm for him to kill people. And his killing starts in 1989 on December 30th. That's five days after Christmas. Oh, it is. Which makes it even more sad. I didn't think about that. I almost said that's the day before Christmas because I was thinking of Halloween 31st. I mean, it's the day before New Year's Eve. True, but New Year's Eve is the day before New Year's Day, so that's something. Uh, (laughs) New Year's Eve is really... uh, Almost as relevant as five days after Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Well, sadly, this this is the day that he chooses to start his killing rant, which... That we know of. He is associated with a lot more murders that they have not fully tied to him. but Because he's never admitted to any of them. He's never admitted to any of them. And his methods were seen in a lot of missing hitchhiker victims who were found later in other areas. And they all coincidentally happened in areas that he was working in. However, he was already serving seven life sentences plus another 70 some years on top of those seven life sentences with no chance of parole. So they did not push it. Right. Yeah. And so they do these things for a reason. I think we talked about this before, but if they only tie X amount of crimes to you, then if they fail for whatever reason at at convicting you for them. You can't give them the option to appeal on the fact that I guess they don't have double jeopardy in Australia. Maybe they do. I I don't know. know. But yeah, in U.S., they have reasons for doing it this way. And then also it's like once they're serving 35 life sentences, they're going to put their tax dollars elsewhere but it sucks for the families that don't get resolution yeah that that closure it really is just horrendous and unfair to them but i also do understand the idea of at some point he's serving right 
he's going to die like 14 times over before he'll ever get out of prison. So what's the point of spending more money on putting him further away? But yeah, it's double edged sword. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a good way to put it. I know. I'm pretty smart. I love you. (laughs) But so his first victims were James Gibson and Deborah Everest. Both of them were 19 years old. Now, Deborah was kids. I know it just kills me. All of his victims were between the ages of like 19 and 23. Uh, Ah, so didn't even get to like become adults for real. No, because yeah, you're definitely not like mm -mm. at that age. You're just grasping the idea of what an adult is you're not so apparently in other countries they perceive like 16 year olds as adults and i just got in this huge debate on facebook yeah about this. it's so crazy i was like i get it from a, a sociological perspective that you can perceive 16 year olds as adults but in america no way 22 23 25 like you're really not perceived as an adult till 35 Unless there's extenuating, extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Carry on. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Very so, chatty tonight. It's not the tequila. It's not, just, no. Yeah. I, I don't think so at all. So good. But uh, Deborah Everest and James Gibson were, were very close friends and they were complete opposites. Deborah was an introvert. She did not travel. She actually stayed at home she had a sick relative that she stayed at home with her mom and took care of and james was an explorer he liked to travel and he was super into the alternative music and there was a festival happening what are you 90 did you say the alternative music like nirvana i don't even think nirvana was out in like the early or no, late 80s? Late 80s. Uh, it was 90s, but yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, like, the alternative. Oh, Who whatever. says that? Anyway, so he wanted her to come with him to Australia to go to a alternative music festival. And she wanted to stay home and help her mother take care of relatives. But Sorry her- about the background noise there. Our little Yorkie is deciding to make a bed. Yes, he had to fluff the blankets first. <laughs> All right, carry on. Um, but her mom told her that it would be good for her. You know, as a 19-year-old staying at home, taking care of sick relatives, she's like, go to this music festival. Go be with people your own age. Go do your thing. It'll be good for you. It was heart-wrenching to watch her interview because obviously she doesn't come home. Hmm. And her mom, oh, and she's got a sick relative to take care of, and like, well, her mom was like, "Go, like, go be a kid." And right. She was like, "No, I'm gonna stay here and take care of so and so." So then her mom's blaming herself for sending her, and now this sick relative doesn't. Have yes, her help and it's all because Ivan Milad is a fucking asshole. She ends up going because her mother insists that she needs this, and they head off to Sydney, and. Sorry, brief pause there, which will be even briefer for you guys post-edit, but our dog decided to spend 20 minutes trying to make a bed in a laundry basket and then gave up and went and laid down the bed. <laughs> and then cuddle up with me. I mean. So they decided to go on the trip and they start in Sydney and they make their way to the train station. They figure they'll kind of hitchhike their way from the train station on 
where they hitchhike is kind of Ivan Milat's hunting ground. No. <laughs> no. I wish no. But it was. So once you get off the train station, Hume Highway is right there. And this is a popular path for everybody to take. Well, on their way, they get picked up by a man in a 4x4 truck who offers them a ride on Hume Highway. They accept the ride, sadly. Don't hitchhike, people. Well, I mean, that's not like super common anymore, but yeah, don't hitchhike. I mean, this was the late 80s, <laughs> that early 90s. That was like 90s. big time popular in the 70s, Like I 80s. had said earlier, it was a cheap way. They wanted to meet Australians. Like, it was all the rage. But for these two, it was not good. After- that is actually one of my life goals. I always wanted to hitchhike. Yikes. You think you could still do it? I could. Well, <laughs> <never> mind. <laughs> <laughs> guy could still do it? Probably not. Yeah. A female? Probably. Well, anyway, so they got picked up by the man in the 4x4. He drove them down the road and turned off into the Belengo Forest. Now, once they were there, the narrative of how it plays out is done by forensic pathologists and going by how their corpses were left. But... What it's played out to be is that James, who was found in the fetal position, had been stabbed in the back and paralyzed and then continuously stabbed over and over eight times. Damn. And finally dying because the the blade had punctured his heart and lungs. Now, Ivan Malat was a avid hunter. Okay. So. And knew exactly what he was doing. And enjoyed the fact that he was paralyzing and leaving them helpless. So he was in total control of everything that was happening. Wait, he was intentionally paralyzing them? Yes. And you will see this pattern through all of his victims. That's absolutely good. Did he have like a military background or just from his hunting nope. experience? Nope. He was, it, his whole family lived in like the outskirts of Australia. Like I said, they would be considered hillbillies in America. And they had a bad rap. 14 kids total, 10 of them made it to adulthood, huge family, very close-knit, nobody would snitch on each other, police were always at their houses, like, it was just... Were a lot of them criminals, or...? A lot of them had a rap sheet. Ivan Malat actually had a very long rap sheet, which ultimately helped out on tracking him down, because... Good. Yeah. But, sadly... It looks as though he paralyzed James, then went to Deborah, stabbed her in the back, paralyzing her. He has an extensive knowledge on where to stab somebody to paralyze them because if you go, I think it's C9, the cervical spinal bone, the ninth one down. Yeah, the ninth vertebrae. Yeah. If, if you go above that, you're going to stop the brain and the breathing function. And so you're this going is to kill very somebody. specific. Yeah. Like very... So anything below that, you're going to just sever the nerves that make the arms and legs work. So he knew what he was doing. Right. Especially he if he's that. done it multiple times. That's right. It. But these are, like I said, th- these are his first victims that he's sentenced for. There are a lot more that they think he did. That had the paralytic thing done. Yes, that, yeah, that he's he paralyzed. Probably, yeah. You know, all of them were backpackers. All of them were hitchhikers. All of them were found in very similar states and all of the places that he worked. But so what he did was he stabbed her, paralyzed her, and then bound her with her own pantyhose, raped her. Fuck this guy. 
And, you know, during this whole ordeal, it was over the course of enough time that he was bludgeoning her with either a rock or some heavy object nearby. She had two skull fractures and a smashed jaw. And, wow. you know, she she was just brutalized. He was then, James had been stabbed and killed. And so he died and then he turned his focus onto her or? What seems to be the narrative through all of his killings is sometimes he keeps the other victim alive while he's killing the other one. But paralyzed by stabbing but paralyzed him? Oh paralyzed. Or tied up. Pure or evil. on a leash. Literally like a... Like, well, he makes his own leashes and brings them. So when he binds them, he actually ties them up and makes them helpless while he hurts the other person. This is straight out of a freaking horror movie. This is fucked up. Oh, yeah. What a piece of shit. So uh, both of them were identified by dental records because their bodies were missing from 1989 and they weren't finding until 1993 when a man was walking the trails. Holy crap. Yeah. So, like I but said... But it is freaking Australia, so there's a lot... It was a huge but I'm force. surprised they found anything with the amount of animals that would have feasted off of the bodies. Well, you know... Insects, animals, snakes. A lot of, you know, a lot was... All those things that'll kill you if you ever go to Australia. All of things, yeah. It's crazy. So, further down the timeline, we're moving to January of 1981, and there was a German backpacker who went out on her own. She got a call from her mother, and her mother said, hey, I'm coming to Australia to visit you on holiday, and uh, I'll meet you in whatever town. So... Simone Schmidt, who went with Simi as her like nickname, everybody knew her by, she decided that she would backpack from Sydney, where she was staying in a hostel, to where her mom was flying in. Now, she was known because she, she had her big purple headband that she would always wear. She had big, crazy, dark brown hair, and she always carried her water bottle around that said Simi on it, and... She started. She was like a Visco girl before Visco girl. Yeah. She was cool before it was cool. None y'all will know what the heck that was unless you have teenagers or you are a teenager. Yep. (laughs) But, um, Sam. You didn't even finish it. And I oop. And I oop. And I oop. I don't understand. I don't either, but I have teenagers. But, so she headed out from Sydney, Australia, where she was staying in a hostel and she hopped on the train and took it to Liverpool and she left the train station and was headed down Hume Highway and once Not again... Not Hume Highway. I know. And she was once again picked up by Ivan Malat in his 4x4 truck. There is one person who saw her get into the truck or actually, I'm sorry, Saw her on the road, and then when the woman looked back, she was already gone, picked up by him. If I've learned anything from this story, it's if I ever go to Australia, do not go to Hume Road. And if you do, don't get in a freaking pickup don't truck. Don't take a ride. Or any ride, I guess. But yeah. Don't hitchhike. Fuck. Stay alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. Staying alive. Well. That's all I got. You're welcome. That was amazing. 
Ivan Milat picked her up, drove her down the road. Once again, he pulled over, bound her in his car, drove, drove her into the Belengo forest and stabbed her in the back, paralyzing her. And this poor girl, you know, they're going off of her corpse because she was found as so a So she was taken by herself? Yes. No. To go visit her mom on holiday. I yelled at my beautiful wife here for just going on a jogging trail by herself near where we live because there are like 42 places where they can drag you off and kill you and i found out she was going on these jogs without me and i was upset this is even worse yes australia and hitchhiking by yourself no yes she was stabbed four times in the chest and he covered her in a shallow grave once again left her she wasn't found in... No, I'm not blaming the victim, by the way. Like, literally, this guy's a piece of shit. I'm just recommending for my loved ones... Don't hitchhike. Listeners, don't hitchhike. <laughs> don't go jogging by yourself. Guy or girl, I don't care. Stay alive. Buddy system. Stay alive. <laughs> Stay, not that it works Wait, for some of these on, other couples. Hold on, I was going to say. They were, but uh, still don't hitchhike, but also go on the buddy system. It is and, crazy, though, because he, he literally has people that he takes on that are by themselves and multiple people all at once well a gun really gives them an advantage it does that's the yeah it does but this this poor girl was not found until 1993 but she was identified by her headband that she was wearing however all of her stuff that she had all of her camping gear her big backpack it was gone it was just her wearing her headband and whatever and strangely enough there were clothes there that didn't belong to her so what yeah Super weird. Were they from other victims? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, spoiler, sorry. Spoiler alert. December of 1981, uh, Gabar Neubauer, I want to say is the proper pronunciation, him and Anya Habishid were traveling from King's Crossing to Darwin, Germany, or I'm sorry, Darwin, Australia. They were from Germany and they were an adorable couple. They both loved traveling. They they had just finished a big trip through Asia. Their parents were ecstatic to hear that they were in Australia because it's known for being so much safer. They were the perfect traveling couple. Gabor was German military, so he was a very big, tall, strong man. Both of them were still very young, early 20s. And Anya was a very petite beautiful redheaded girl and they're both introverts but love traveling they were introverts yes so they were very quiet they kept to themselves they were shy people in general were they staying in a hostel Mm -hmm. yeah really however they just in general love traveling and they did that together so that's That's awesome you know like that i hope they were coming out of their shell which is awesome and except for how it ended but yeah. yeah it's horrible so after they arrived in Sydney, they followed the trail that every single backpacker... Don't say it. They took a train to Liverpool and they got off at Hume Highway. Stay off Hume Highway, people. Good yes. Lord. Holy cow. Once again, they're picked up by a man in a 4x4 truck. So as they're traveling down the road, Gabor feels something's off when 
the driver's attitude sort of shifts and then he makes an excuse to pull off to the side of the road. He tries to get out and kind of stretch his legs or whatever and Ivan Gavor Malat, does? Yeah. Okay. And Ivan Malat yells at him for this, shoots a warning shot as he pulls a gun out. What? And he Ivan Malat actually shoots the passen- the inside passenger door. Of his own car? Of he his like own shoots car. the do- Whoa. Yeah. And he's like, So is he in the car when he shoots it? Yeah. But he's afraid because his girlfriend's in the back seat. seat, So he's like, okay, okay. Well, Ivan Malat, apparently he he tries to put people's minds at ease. He says he's not trying to hurt them. Just go along with it. It'll all be over. It's just a mugging or a robbery. Oh, this is so so common among serial killers. It's so crazy. If you're ever in a situation where somebody tries to drag you away, do not go with them. For the love of everything, fight Scratch, bite, Scratch, kick. Bite. And we're not blaming the victim. We're just telling you, like... Just remember learning from, from these, yeah. congeniality, sing sinuses, fist to the sinuses. <laughs> <laughs> Alley self-defense. <laughs> but yeah, for real, fight, kick, scream, bring attention. While he did fire his weapon, the whole point of them wanting to take you somewhere else it's is because they won't get caught. They won't they, get, they caught, can get away yes. with it. So that is your greatest chance of survival is right when somebody tries to take you. Do everything you can to get away. If you can't, you can't fight. You know, nobody's going to blame you, but like, we just want you to survive. Do everything you can. Do not go with people thinking that they're going to make you, everything will be okay. They're going to let you go. Statistically speaking, they're not. Just get away. These guys, they, they didn't. Um, he tried. He, he he did. He did. He, he put did. through the effort. He but he was worried about his girlfriend who was still in the back seat. Which I understand. I I'd go with. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let them take you and just run right. away. But yeah, it's what uh, the story tells from their skeletal remains is that Gabor was beaten over the head with some kind of a blunt object until he was unconscious. And what they think happened was Ivan's attention turned to Anya. She was dragged pretty far away and he raped her and then made her kneel down and decapitated her. What the fuck? And I'm not talking like one fails swift motion and she sucked at it. And she was she was alive. So he when like, oh fuck this guy. Um, but yeah, I cannot he say made that her kneel down, look at the ground, and then he hacked her head off. And to add insult injury, her head was never found. What? Well, he went back to Gabor, and he shot him six times in the head. So he was alive and watched this happen to her? He was alive but unconscious. Remember, he... I, I guess takes out in that. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Um, so the bodies weren't found, though, until November 4th of 1993. And like the others, they were in a shallow grave, but their bodies were 160 feet apart from each other. And at this crime scene, actually, Ivan left some restraints there. And some empty cartridges. Good evidence. Oh, yeah. Now, this brings us back to the original bodies that had been found that started this entire investigation. Carolyn and Joanne. Now, September 19th, 1992, the two girls, while backpacking across 
Australia had met at a hostel and they decided that they would just don't go to hostels and they would travel Australia together. And of course, as they were in Sydney, they were following the path that most followed through the backpacking community. And they took a train to Liverpool and started hitchhiking down Hume Highway. No, not Hume Highway. No. (gasps) All of them were Hume Highway? Every single one? Yes. Well, apparently. Close the highway. He owned property right by the Belengo Forest and was working as a construction worker, a road construction worker. Oh, so he was just legitimately driving down this road and saw people off All the time. Holy... It was his work route. A lot of evidence. Like a lot of... Holy cow. He had a house there. This was just convenience. They had backpackers going up and down hitchhiking. So he wasn't just scoping out Hume Highway. He literally he took just, that path. Yes, that's where he was. So this guy, like, he didn't even plan. This. Like, he would just be on his way to work. Well, hey, you no, know, let's kill some people. It would be on his days off. Oh, so he was driving up and down the road. Like, yeah. He probably saw hitchhikers all the time on his way to work and was like, I wish I had more time so I could kill them. Yeah. And then he's went a total yeah, jackass. Fucking hey. Yeah. Uh, once again, as they're heading down the road, Hume Highway. Jumped in the 4 by 4 sadly, with him. Pulled over again, tied them, drove them into the Belango Forest. He keeps his victims alive for a good amount of time in the forest before he actually continues on with what he's going to do. Evidence of this is that Carolyn's hands had been untied enough that she could sit and smoke six cigarettes. Yeah, because he never admitted to any of this. So they had to figure out all of these details from evidence. All the bodies. and How could they tell from bones? Or these were the, that was the most recent victim. That- so these, these women were found in a early decomp. Okay. The rest of them were found in the surrounding area. Yes, they had decomposed. However, his stab marks, his um, ropes that he left behind, all of those things all told a story yeah women's pants being left around their ankles their shirts being ripped up and found once again i'm genuinely surprised that animals did not just devour and like tear apart these bodies that's probably the biggest mystery in my mind is how that didn't happen that like horrifying experience aside that like an animal would like rip off the bones and well, there was there them, was like, a a good search for all of the body, like several of the corpses. They the the pieces were kind of scattered because of things like this, but they were all covered by sticks and brush. That and, doesn't mean it. Like yeah. animals will smell right through. Yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah. But I, that's just confusing from what to me, from but. what they have. This is what they've right. put together. But yeah, I mean, if the the pants were still around the angles, then an animal did not grab the body and, right like, and drag it drag away. it around. Yeah. yeah. Well, sadly, these these women went through hell in their final moment. Undoubtedly. Carolyn sat and smoked six cigarettes. And then nobody really knows how it played out. They think that Joanne was actually on a, a leash made of rope and wire and was not allowed to, you know, go past whatever point. However, he paralyzed Joanne in true form and then he takes carolyn around a few feet away and he shoots her in the head evidence shows that what happened was is he shot her in the head 
execution style, then repositioned her body and practiced shooting execution style every time he repositioned the head. Like while she was laying on the ground? Ten times there was three clusters where he what the shot fuck? her, shot her, shot her, shifted the body, practiced shooting again in the head. He wasn't like at all worried that somebody would be like on a hike hearing the gunshots or he, anything. What the fuck, was, dude? Like I said, I I call it narcissism. That's but definitely like narcissism. Yeah. He, like, he was not worried. I mean, this was over the course of a good amount of time that he right. did this. But yeah, so he he finishes target practice and then he turns to joanne who is paralyzed by a stab mark in her back and sadly he decides that he's going to rape joanne and once he's finished stabs her 14 times ultimately killing her by puncturing her heart and lungs once again leaves both of the women in a you had mentioned he's like a hunter so he could if you wanted to just end their life Oh, yeah. No. Peacefully. He, he could. He's choosing not to. He knew what he was doing. He's extending the amount of time that he's doing this for his own pleasure. He takes pleasure, pleasure in yes. yeah, torturing. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand why you want this guy to suffer. Yeah. I'm not saying whether or not I want him to suffer in his old age or however old he is with his cancer and all that. But I, I would love to hear your guys' feedback on this. Uh, well. And I will give you my input on it. I'm still... Forming my opinion, actually. Well, once the the girls' bodies were found by the runners that I was talking about at the beginning of this all, the Australian government uh, created a task force because within the vicinity of their bodies, there were more and more bodies found. They called this task force, Task Force Air. I'm picturing like a bunch of uh, Steve Irwin's out there. By like, Greggy! By Greggy! By Greggy! It's a stick! By Greggy! <laughs> I could not have done it better myself, literally. I hope we didn't lose our one Australian was, listener. <laughs> I assume that's how all Australians talk, and I, I assume this is what the task force was like. It uh, wasn't. It wasn't. I watched the interviews. They were all very professional, and they were very... In my defense, I am from America. The killer. This is all I've seen of Australia. And this is a big part of the reason why I want to go to Australia. So please don't ruin this for me. <laughs> if everybody does not talk like that when I get there, I'm going to be like $6,000 not well spent. Oh. <laughs> well. No, I'm kidding. I'll have fun in Australia. It looks awesome. It is. Um, I'm super excited to get there. And I want to stay in a hostel. I know I keep saying, like, don't stay in a hostel and, like, that's how you die. But legitimately, that is one of my life goals. I want to stay in a hostel. hostel. I want to do this. Totally. Well, uh, the task force obviously had an onslaught of calls coming in on tips and people who thought that they had seen people before they went missing and any information that is prevalent to the case. They came up with a algorithm on the computer that took all all of the information and it narrowed it down to key things that multiple people had reported and this is pretty genius in my mind because we're talking about early 90s and i was like just downloading aol back then (laughs) (laughs) true story um but so over the course of time they had so many calls coming in they had one relevant very relevant call that came in and it was from Paul 
onion and wait paul bunyan onion paul onion paul bunyan like like the guy with the like axe and the big axe no 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 like onion like what i put in soup (laughs) what a weird way to (laughs) you can do a lot of things with onions and i know you're saying onion but (laughs) like i put in soup (laughs) i put it in my soup I put it in my pasta. I put it on my tacos. I like onions. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I put it in my soup and crunch, crunch. I guess technically they are crunchy. I'm going to make a children's book Uh, about onions. Please do. We talked about the children's book in a previous episode, but I deleted all that. We have a surprise coming for you guys in the future. That may or may not get deleted, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's coming soon. I might leave this one in there as a little spoiler. Yeah. Or not spoiler. Uh, teaser. Teaser. Yes. Paul Onions called in and he was like, hey, uh, I got a big tip for you guys because this guy kidnapped me in a four by four. What? Uh, call me back. Paul Onion rules. And he escaped this guy. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Paul Onion. He is badass. You are almost as cool as actual Paul Bunyan. <laughs> who I assume is real. No. What? Anyways. Paul Bunyan's not real? What? It, uh, you just broke my world. What? Paul Bunyan is a giant who has an ox the size of a house. Side- a blue ox. A I blue thought it was oxen. slightly exaggerated, but I thought he was real. No, it's a child story. He's like made up by uh, what ASAP or some shit. That's... I, How have you not read it in your ASAP book or your... Wait, historians believe Bunyan was based in large part on an actual lumberjack, Fabian Fournier, a French-Canadian timberman who moved south and got a job as a foreman of a logging crew in Michigan after the Civil War. This is HistoryChannel.com. All right, so... <laughs> Well, there's always some form of truth behind every fable. <laughs> I thought he was like a legit dude till just now. Well, all right. You want more tequila? Yes, please. Tequila. 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 Uh, well, Paul Onion's story wouldn't be heard for a while until they... W- Thank you, my love. You are welcome. You sexy, sexy woman. <laughs> she is so freaking hot. Oh, I love her. you're so sweet. Even though I know I don't look very good right now. She does. <laughs> well, anyways, Paul. Um, Onion. Onion. I love that name. It's great. And I love this guy. Do you know that he this survived. is this is where actually Morbid's Evil Onion Patreon level from comes Paul from. Onion? Yes. Oh, awesome! They, we love Morbid. They, They're amazing. Yeah, which was funny because I went back and listened to it while I was doing my research. And they were talking about Paul Onion, and then they were like, Onion, Onion, blah, 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 and they were like, Evil Onion. They're like, Oh, Evil Onion. I was like, That's their tier. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. That is that. cool. But, anyways, Paul Onion. Um, he, Why is he an evil onion, though? He's a no, good that's guy. the metal band that would sing the song about onions. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, not based on Paul Onion? I mean, that's what caused them to sing a metal song about. Oh, they did that in an episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then just like they have uh, fresh airs for dead people. Yes. And, like it yeah. just like kind of progressed. As I get it. Yeah. yeah. But 
as their information kept crisscrossing or whatever, they came across his police report from when he was kidnapped Holy while crap. hitchhiking. Hold on. You just mentioned Patreon. And we you have just, our we have our first Patreon. Patreon. We totally forgot to say it at the beginning of the episode. We were so excited and we were like went into a 10 minute spiel on tequila. <laughs> Marissa, we Thank won't say you. a last name. We love B. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being our first patron. We are so excited Samsonite to finally have a patron. She is a Samsonite. Samsonite tonight. Yay. I love it. Love thank you. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. And anybody in the future, in case you're wondering, you will get this much of a reaction from Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Donation. We appreciate it so much. Yay. But back to. Yeah. Killing, killing people. And, oh, people. no. Surviving getting killed. Survive? Oh, yeah. So this is even better because we're surviving at this point. So Paul Onion actually was thumbing it down. He got off at the uh, same train stop as everybody else and was going down the Hume Highway, accepted a hitchhiking ride. And he says that it was the first time he hitchhiked and the man picked him up. He was very charismatic. Great conversation. And as they were heading down the road, his personality completely changed. Change in demeanor, you say? Yes. He got very quiet, very agitated. And once they got to a certain point, he told Paul, the man who called himself Bill, said... Oh, the driver called himself Bill? Yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, he said that he had to pull over and get a cassette tape from the back of the truck because they were just outside of the reach of Sydney, Australia's radio reach. So he had to put on a cassette because he could not drive without music. Right. I agree with this statement. Paul Onion looked down and thought, that's really fucking bizarre because all of the cassette tapes are in between us and by my feet. And he has no reason to get out of the fucking car. Well, that is weird. What if ACDC was in the pack? I mean, true. (laughs) No, I'm just saying. That's good thinking. Paul Onion. I mean, for the last, like, however long this guy's been acting like a creeper. Oh, yeah. And clearly, like, that was just the straw that yeah. broke the Paul Onion's back. Exactly. Perfect metaphor. I know. It broke his his ox's back. <laughs> At that point, he decided to get out of the car, and Ivan Millat lost his shit, grabbed his gun, and fired at him on the highway. When he was out of the car, he, like, shot at him? Yep. Holy cow. So, Paul Onion ran in the middle of the highway. So, he missed? Yes. Okay, good. And uh, Ivan Milat actually tackled him to the ground what? in the middle of the highway. And is like, Holy you're not crap. going nowhere. And Paul Onion was like, fuck this. I will not be your bitch. Right. And he... Why did he try to take a guy by himself? I, he, he had no, like... I mean, he was raping people. I'm, just, he, he was raping people, but he was also, like, he, he had no motive. People? He just wanted to kill people. Right. So, yeah, Paul Onion just jumped in front of the first car coming his way. Good for and you, And was Paul like, Onion. you're going to stop. And the woman had a car full of children. She's like, you're not getting in my car because I got kids. And he was like... No, I'm going to get in your car because this guy's going to yeah, kill me. I love that. Drive. He, he jumped in the back of her like He car. just opened the door? Oh, the van. He yeah. just slid it open, jumped in, and she drove him go, straight go, go. to the police department. And she was like, I saw the guy, and he was smiling. Ivan Malat, he's what? smiling, just going back to his car like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you got away. Oh, what a 
freaking idiot. Wow. Yeah. And this is the guy that was like trying to tell people this is what happened. Yeah. But his thing got lost. That's nuts. But the police did find it because his police report was there and they had his number and his information. So it all kind of tied back in. Yeah. So with this information now, the police ended up getting the ability to go knock on the family's doors of the Malats because not only did they have this information, but also the Malats came up a lot. Everybody called in and was like, they're fucking weirdos. And they probably did it. Yeah. So the police went to their house and they had the backpack of Semi was the girl who was backpacking by herself. Yeah. Her backpack was a gift from Ivan Malat to a family member so what yeah they were like that's her backpack had her patch that she had hand sewed on it like that's identifiable crazy. he was backpack. like giving away the items from these girls yep as gifts so then they they were like all right warrants all around yeah hell yeah, yeah. so they searched all of them a lot premises anything that was owned by them anything whatever while they were searching it all they found Simone's water bottle, her name had been scratched off of it, but underneath special lighting, they could still see her name written. He where like it was just scratched yeah, off and like, it was like, nothing to see this here. This is for you. I bought it brand new, but I dropped it several times. Whoops. <laughs> Ivan Malat had a picture of his girlfriend wearing Carolyn's windbreaker. Which, he gave shit to his girlfriend yeah. from the girls he was raping and killing? And this windbreaker was only sold in Europe and they were in Australia. So he was like... Pretty unique. Okay. Um, Mm, Okay. Especially since they didn't have like Amazon. Yeah, right? (laughs) Freaking 90s. They had to wait a long time for shit to be bought. Like find people. Whatever. Hot tub time machine. (laughs) They had... um, He had the sleeping bags of Carolyn and Joanne still in his house. The binding that he used with blood still on them. He had Paul Onion's shirt. Wait, so rewinding this is the guy denying that he did these things? Yep. What was his excuse? Well, here's the thing. He still denies it, but while they were going to raid his house, 300, 300 police officers between all of the locations, 50 of them swarmed his house to raid it and arrest him and as they were circling his house to arrest him he was punching holes in his house to hide all of the things all of his trophies maybe they won't look in this fresh hole i just (laughs) punched in the wall like fucking idiot (laughs) i'll just put this here nobody will notice that like what is it like Oh, total narcissist. Total, like, give That's it up. not narcissism. I'm sorry. Like, narcissism gets overused. It is a real thing. That is just like an idiot. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? It's it's a whole like new level of I don't even know. He's an idiot. He's an Carry idiot. On. Uh, but yeah, so the smoking gun literally was all of the pieces to his Ruger. The smoking gun. All the shit they just found. What do you mean? Well, they found all of the parts to the Ruger 1022 that were um, used in most of the murders. What? So that is actually a good point. Because joking aside, he could claim he found all that shit. Right. But he had 
the rifles, but none of them when shot matched. However, the um, extended clip, the other attachments that go on. Yeah, no, he he could say like, he wouldn't say this part, but you could lead a jury to believe that the killer removed these clothing items and item like personal items scattered them about the forest he came across them found them because he's an avid hiker and brought them home but it doesn't prove he killed these people until you find the right the, the smoking yeah. gun yeah no i i agree <laughs> but like good lord this guy's a moron yep uh so once they put on all of the attachments that were hidden in the walls in his house in his parents house actually and those holes he punched in the wall it was this, these were found in his parents' house. Did he punch holes there too? No, he actually like took a piece of plywood off and put it in the wall. Ooh, yeah. yeah, it was a little, little sneaky, but nice hiccup. Thank you. Um, that was kind of cute. Once they shot the gun, you're kind of cute. Ma- you're kind of cute. Oh. Once they matched up the bullets, they realized very quickly that this was the gun used in a lot of the murders. Because he did have a lot of different techniques for killing people, like bludgeoning and stabbing, but paralyzing, you know, all, well, that didn't kill him. You know? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it but, probably would have eventually. But. Uh, so he was eventually tried and convicted for all seven murders and also for... Um, for seven of the murders of the many he probably committed above correct. that. Yeah. And he was serving or is currently serving seven life sentences one for each person that he killed and then i think it's 74 years for the attempted kidnapping and murder of paul onion on top of his life sentences without any chance of parole so if he is a vampire and lives like 700 years he'll go free well that's not gonna happen because he has esophageal cancer oh that's right yeah and so that was cancer. the whole <laughs> premise and, of the uh, uh debate yes so they they or did curiosity. just did uh they just did a update on his health status and it looks like he's not going to make it much longer because he's been put on uh in america we would call it hospice but basically he's, they don't have hospice in australia uh, they don't call it that but okay. basically he's been moved to a, a wing of the hospital it's still maximum security um like i said before foot and a half concrete walls he is known to plan escapes while he's been in prison he while he's dying or before he was no (laughs) before he was dying this whole time he he claims that he's innocent and to do um anything that he can possibly do to get into the hospital ward because it's nicer faking the cancer he's not faking the cancer but before he had the cancer, he was swallowing razor blades to get into the infirmary. He actually um, went on a hunger strike. and they How do you survive swallowing razor blades? Uh, what the fuck? I don't even know. But several attempts at escaping prison, swallowing He's razor not blades, good at escaping hunger, prison. hunger strikes that he, he lost, like, they, I think it was like 23 kilograms. I don't that's like a million pounds translates to, but yeah, yeah i think it's like four thousand seven hundred and eighty two yeah, pounds so he's if I know basically my math um dark matter at the moment yeah like yeah something like that but yeah so he probably won't live much longer though because after all of his it's all ploy shenanigans he faked it nah, 
you can't really fake cancer. I mean, you can. I mean, the doctors say he has it. Yeah, but, you know, what if they're involved? Oh, my lord. It sounds like you're going down an MK Ultra path. Oh, that's coming up soon. Oh. Actually, kind of. Well, I'll explain in a second. Carry on. Finish your story. I mean, um, I mean, we're, is that it? it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. Like, so, he's, he's dying. He's, he's Good done. segue then. That that was my segue. So here's the thing. We are at an hour and 32 minutes and I haven't even touched MK Ultra, which quite frankly, I can't do justice in cramming into this episode. So what we're going to do is end this episode and then immediately record another episode. So we'll still be drinking the same spirit. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've had a few so this should be fun um it's gonna be a very short episode because it's gonna be mk ultra we're gonna release both of them this week one after another it might be a day or two apart and it might be by this weekend or whatever but uh yeah so we're gonna end this episode and then we're gonna start recording again you guys will hear us a few days apart but we're gonna do it right away and on top of all of this just as a awesome little announcement we will not release an episode on halloween because we are going live on podbean on halloween so you will get an episode on halloween if you log into podbean and check us out you can interact with us you can ask us questions we will answer them we want to hear from you it's super exciting it's going to be a blast because we're going to touch on the history of Halloween and lots of spooky things. All it'll be a fun episode. It. You guys join us if you're able to. If you're not, it'll be a regular episode you can listen to later. We're gonna crank up the volume, so unfortunately you'll hear a lot more background noise. But we want to make it a little bit louder for you guys because it was a quieter episode. So there is a feature if you're listening to our episodes on Podbean to amplify the sound if it is a little bit too quiet. You can click that feature if you're listening to it on another source. Unfortunately, that won't be available, but we are going to crank up the volume. So it might sound a little like one of those uh, ASMR ASMR videos. Uh, we apologize in advance for I the extra I audio. I won't eat anything during it, so you're good. But uh, yeah, oh, we're going to have fun with it. Please join us if you can. We'll post the date. Well, the date is Halloween. The time. Halloween. And all that jazz coming soon. We Please look join forward us. to it and forward to, uh, you know, interacting with you guys because that's what we want. Yes. And in the meantime, join us on Facebook or Instagram at Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Join us on our Twitter. Spirits with an S. Oddity. Join us on, and please, if you are so inclined, become a patron on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash spirits, oddities, and mysteries. Become a Samsonite, or support us on our ghost hunting adventures, or join us and support us on our mystery box episode that we so want to do, or at least I so want to do, and he she's very afraid of. Really wants to do it. it I mean, is gonna I'm gonna be, be awesome. In, I'm gonna be in a hazmat suit, and we're gonna go live with video for that. Oh, so. we're gonna do a lot. We're gonna do video. We're gonna do audio. <laughs> we're gonna do 
uh, pictures. We're going to have like a story about what we think, our theories on what this mystery box is. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please, if you are so inclined, if you're interested, if you want to see us do this, join us. Help us support it. They are not cheap at all. So we're going to wait until we get up enough money from that Patreon. The more people who join, the sooner it'll happen. And we're going to go out there and get a mystery box, send it to a P.O. box, because we're not sending it to our house. Hell to the no, no, no. And if we get anything that like relates to an actual crime, we are definitely going to turn it over we to the police. We will hand it on over. But if it sounds like something you would enjoy, support us. We or mostly I cannot wait to do that. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys so much. Have a great night. Bow.